0: Hello and welcome to Michelle Donatian Ministries, where Jesus is everything. Today is Sunday, January the 5th, 2020, and today we're going to be doing something different. I am gonna be sharing with you the sermon that I preached at our Sunday morning meeting. Just this morning. So I'm so excited for you to listen to the Word of God. It is about surrender, surrendering to Jesus and all that Jesus has for our lives. When we surrender, Jesus can take over and change our lives and work through our lives. So stay tuned, listen, and enjoy. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for what your Word says. We thank you for today. We choose to honor and to glorify you. And we ask you to join us here today, Lord God, as we come before you, Lord God. As I come and preach your word, Lord God, I ask you to touch the hearts of your people, Lord God. Minister unto their souls, unto their spirits. Strengthen them, Lord God, as we go before you, Lord. Hallelujah. Soften the hearts of your people in the name of Jesus, that you may get the glory, Lord. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, we also pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you will do your will here today. That you will do your will. We surrender it all over to you, Lord God. It's all yours. It's all for you. In the name of Jesus, it's all for you, Lord God. We give you the glory, Lord God, because we know who you are. We honor and bless your holy and precious name. Lord God, give us revelation. Give each one revelation as they listen to the word, Lord God. Turn our hearts back to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Give us mercy, Lord God. Open up our eyes that we may see ourselves through your word, Lord God. Bring us to a place of repentance, Lord God, that we may change our hearts. Oh, God, we ask you to remove the block, the log, from our own eyes, Lord God, that we may see clearly what you have to say. Give each one eyes to hear, eyes to see, and ears to hear, Lord God. Soften the places in each one's heart that's been hard. Give them a desire, Lord God, to commune with you and walk with you. And we promise we'll give you all the praise and the glory, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen. Ha! well, 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 welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited here. Um, we are getting started and I've got, I'm just really excited to share with you today about what the Lord has laid on my heart and he's laid on my heart to talk about surrender today. Surrender is the key to the Christian life. It is the absolute key. There is nothing else that you can do that will allow you to walk with the Lord other than surrender. Surrender is what we need. And that's the only thing. Everything else comes along with surrender. So think about what Jesus said. And there's a place, there's many places in scriptures where we see where someone surrendered unto God. We talk about Abraham, we talk about Isaac, and we talk about Jacob. In the word of God, we see that Abraham surrendered. That is the way he was able to receive the blessings of the Lord. He surrendered, that's what he did, he surrendered. So we use that and we see that as an example. We look at that example so that we might be encouraged Now, it always encourages me when I see what the saints of God did. It always encourages me because they were just like us. They were just exactly like us. No matter what we did, no matter what they did, they did some of the same things that we've done in our lives. They've made mistakes. They've made bad choices. They've made good choices. They've thanked the Lord. They've forgotten to thank the Lord. They've sinned. They've lived holy. These are all human. These are humans. These were all human beings. So when I think about them, it encourages me and I know it's going to encourage you as well. I read the word and when I read the word, it blesses me. It reminds me of what God said. It reminds me of his promises. See, he tells us to keep our eyes on him. And the way that you keep your eye on him, starting out is with the word of God. Starting out is with the word of God. So I'm going to take you to the book of Genesis. Okay. So I want you to turn with me to the book of Genesis. And we're going to talk about Abraham. Okay. Abraham. No, we're going to go to Joseph first. Okay. This is Joseph. Now we know that Joseph, you know, the story, Joseph was loved by his father because he had him in his old age, and said he loved him more than he loved the rest of his children. And Joseph was favored among his brothers. And, of course, we know his brothers didn't like that, and, and we probably wouldn't like that either if we felt like our father loved one of our siblings more, um, or our mother loved one of our siblings more. But it says in the Word that Joseph was loved more by his father than his brothers, or Joseph's father loved him more than he loved his brothers because he had him in his old age. And so what we're going to do is we're going to come to the Word of God. We're going to look in Genesis. We're going to chapter 39, okay? And in chapter 39, we start where Joseph was in Potiphar's house, okay? Joseph was in Potiphar's house. Joseph had already been doing things that honored the lord joseph had already been doing that in fact joseph was so favored by god even though remember joseph was a slave he was purchased by potiphar now think about that he was purchased by potiphar so he didn't have a chip on his shoulder like you know i'm 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 one of the chosen people of god and how dare they have me no he didn't do that he didn't do that maybe you or i might have done that i have to tell you i might have done that Like, who do they think they are? Don't they know where I come from? I might have felt like that, that's pride. But, you know, that's just the honest truth. I might have been like that. And maybe not, I would hope not, but I wasn't in this situation, and I thank the Lord that I have never been in this situation, but Joseph was. And Joseph had the right heart attitude. And the heart attitude was to serve the Lord, his God. So everything he did, he did is under the Lord. And because of that, everything he did prospered. Everything he did prospered. Okay? And so what we're going to do is I'm going to actually take you back for a moment here. All right? I'm going to take you back because we want to talk about what happened to Joseph. All right? We're on Genesis 37, okay, and we're going to start at 24, 23, and it says, and it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked. And behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels, bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Because you see, they were going to kill him. They were tired of him. His father had sent him to go see what, how they were doing, and they were tired of him, and they had decided they were going to kill him. Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. Then there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted, out, lifted up Joseph out of the pit, and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. And Reuben returned upon, unto the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes." And he returned unto his brethren and said, The child is not, and I, whither shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, This have we found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured it, have devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces and Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days and all his sons and his daughters rose up to comfort him but he refused to be comforted and he said for I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning thus this his father wept for him and the Midianites sold him into Egypt unto Potiphar an officer of Pharaoh's and captain of the guard. And it came to pass at the time, okay, we're going to skip that part here, but as we read here, we see that Joseph was treated unfairly. I mean, like how unfair, how, how more unfairly could you be treated by your own family, people who know you, who say they love you, or supposed to love you anyway, they sold him into slavery. What he didn't know was they were going to kill him. But they sold him into slavery. And that's pretty bad. Slavery is, if you, you know, can imagine, slave, a slave is a slave, is a slave. It's not like some romantic thing. Maybe sometimes we forget what this was. But they sold him into slavery. So Potiphar bottom. Potiphar bottom. And... Potiphar began to trust him. Okay. Potiphar began to trust him and everything that Joseph did, God blessed everything. Not only did he bless everything, but more importantly, Potiphar was blessed because of God being with Joseph. See, Joseph honored God and was righteous before God. He lived a way that honored the Lord. No matter what happened, that's what he did. And so God protected him. God kept him. This man was a slave and Potiphar made him head over everything in his house except for Potiphar and except his wife. He gave him everything. He gave him power over everything. And then here we go. In verse thirty-nine, excuse me, chapter thirty-nine, verse one, and Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had bought him, brought him down thither, and the Lord was with Joseph. See, and he was a prosperous man, and was, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had put into his hand. And it came to pass, that so all that he had, he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. See? And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass that after these things, after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife. Behold, my master wotten not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand." Now, what we're gonna look at here is how Joseph surrendered to God. Because of his surrender unto God, God blessed him. And actually, because of his surrender unto God, we find out later that God used him, not only to save Egypt, but to save his family and not only to save his family, but to save the line of Jesus Christ, which not only saved the Jesus Christ, but saved you and I. Because if Joseph's family had died in the famine in the land, Jesus would never have been born and you and I would not have salvation today. So you see, God works as we surrender he works through our surrender i know sometimes it doesn't feel easy i have to tell you i didn't quite understand what it would mean and when i was a first a christian i never even heard that preached i never heard anyone say surrender to jesus i would hear the song all to thee what is it i think it was no actually i never heard i surrender all in the beginning of my walk with the lord jesus christ i just didn't And I can't tell you why, because I wasn't the pastor. I can't tell you, you know, what anyone was thinking. I can't tell you if I somehow missed it myself, because that certainly is possible. But that was not my focus. And I've learned, as God has really moved in my life, I've loved the Lord for many years. But there's something different that he's done. And he began to show me that I needed to surrender. I never understood it the way I understand it now. Even later on in my walk, as I became more mature in the Lord, I I would surrender. I did my best to surrender in my own flesh to surrender. And I felt like I was doing what honored the Lord. And I tried to separate myself. As the Bible says, separate yourself from among them. That's what the Bible says, move away from sin. Separate yourself from among the unholy. Yes, we minister to the everyone, You live your life in a holy way so that people can see Jesus in you. So if I live like everybody else, if I live the way I used to live, why would you want anything that I have? And I'm not talking about physical things. Why would you want Jesus? Because you couldn't see, you wouldn't even know Jesus changed my life. And in fact, if I lived the way I used to live, that means Jesus didn't change my life. But when a person sees Jesus in you, That's because you've surrendered your life over to him. The Bible says that we surrender our life. We lay down our life. It says those who lose their life will gain it. The only way to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is if you lose your life. You say, I don't want what I wanted before. I'm not going to live the way I lived before. I'm not going to live for me. Because that's what the world teaches us. That's what many churches teach you live for yourself. They may not say live for yourself. And they, some say it, live for yourself, live for what's right for you. What's your truth? You've heard that. I know you've heard it. And we used to call that moral relativism. I don't know what they call it now, but when I was coming up in the Lord, I should say, when I was younger in the Lord, we called it moral relativism. That's what my pastor used to call it. And it was about whatever is true for you is what you think is true, and since you think it's true, then it must be true. Well, that's not true, friends. (laughs) The truth is, the Bible is true. I've said to you, I've said it, and I believe this, I know this in my heart, my opinion doesn't matter, because my opinion is human. My opinion is off at times. My opinion, my opinion doesn't matter. God doesn't come to me to find out what I think about how he's running the world. He doesn't and he shouldn't and I'm so glad because let me tell you, there are so many choices that I chose in my life that if God asked me how to do things, this world would be messed up. And I know it's the same with all of us because we are human and we have to seek the Lord God. To live a life that is pleasing to him, to live a life that is victorious, we must surrender to the Lord. You surrender to the Lord like Joseph did and you watch him work through you just like Joseph did. This said, everything that Potiphar had, his whole house, prospered because he saw that God was with him and what because God was with Joseph, the whole house prospered. So now we see we come to where Potiphar's wife, of course, comes to Joseph. And she says, lie with me. And Joseph still says, no, I'm not going to dishonor my lord. I, he says, I, I've been given everything. Potiphar has trusted me with everything. I'm not going to betray that trust. So, of course, we know the story. She lies. She He runs away from her. She has his coat. She lies and tells the people hey, look, You have this is proof that he tried to attack me. I have his coat. He yelled and ran off and, I, and left his coat because he was so afraid when I yelled. And of course, she tells her husband. Her husband believes her and throws him in the prison. So then Joseph is in the prison. And now Joseph is still there. And because Joseph still honors the Lord with his life, it says that everything that was to be uh, what needed authority in the prison that the prison guards gave Joseph, the head of the prison gave Joseph that authority. Think about that. You're a prisoner and you are so honored by God that the prison guards say, no, we trust him. In fact, it said they didn't even know some of the things that he did. They just knew as long as Joseph had it, we don't need to worry about it. Can you imagine? But that's what it's like when you're surrendered to the Lord. When you're surrendered to the Lord, there are going to be people, yes, that will persecute you. That is in the word of God. We know it. I can promise that because God said it. But then there's going to be favor that you have. And people are going to say, they may not even like you. But they're going to say, no, I know so-and-so is not going to, wouldn't lie about that. Or I know such-and-such, she wouldn't do that. No, no. Because you're honored and you're favored by the Lord. Because of your surrender to him. When we surrender to him, we are able to live the Christian life. Actually, that's the only way to live the Christian life. You can't live the Christian life without surrender. There is no way. Jesus said it. So I'm going to skip forward here. We know what happens. But I'm going to show you here what Jesus said. Okay, I'm going to tell you a bit about the story. We know Joseph interprets the dreams of the two people who were in Pharaoh's court. Pharaoh was angry with them, he threw them in jail. He interprets the dream. They go, Pharaoh is not angry with them anymore. One gets killed, his head's cut off, or he's hanged, excuse me, just like the dream uh, interpretation that Joseph gave. And the other one is restored back to his rightful position. We know that he forgot about Joseph. And then when Pharaoh had a dream, then he remembers, oh wait, there was this guy in the prison and he interpreted our dreams and he, did, he said exactly what was going to happen. What he said was true. And so Pharaoh said, call this guy out. So because of his living a life of surrender, we know in the end that Pharaoh changed everything. God used him to change everything. Now, When we surrender, okay, the only way to live a life that pleases him, pleases the Lord, is to surrender. When we surrender, the Lord can work through us. Because the truth is, he's not working, I'm not working, and then letting God come up behind me. The key is that I let Jesus move through me. So I'm obedient to him and I do what he said so that his will may go forth, okay? So that his will may go forth. And it says here, um, let's see here. I'm gonna skip ahead for a second. I wanna show you something the Lord is telling me to show you, okay? And this is, okay, right here. This is right here. We're in the book of John chapter four. Okay, verse 19, and it says, The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Now, this is Jesus. He's at the well talking to the Samaritan woman, and he's already been talking to her, and she's very weary, leery of men and, quite frankly, people, and so she's a little sarcastic with him, and she's, uh, her heart is hard is really what it boils down to. So he says, Our she says, the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. What we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him. Now we know, remember, her heart was very hard. Okay, So she knew the way that they said they worshiped. And then she also knew what the Jews said. Now it says, the woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah is cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou? Or why talkest thou to her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? You see, there was an appointed time for Jesus to come to that well. He knew exactly what the timing was. He surrendered to the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're doing. We're surrendering to the Spirit of God. Jesus surrendered. When he surrendered, the Lord God was able to minister unto that woman. And she went and evangelized about Jesus Christ. She went and told everyone, the Messiah is here. This is, he knew everything about me. Now, if you remember the story, she had been married many times. She was living with a man and people didn't want to be around her because basically she was, they, you know, they considered her basically like a harlot and So people wouldn't talk to her or associate her for number one, that. And number two, Jews didn't associate with Samaritans. So these were two reasons that she should not have had any reason to be even looked at by Jesus. But Jesus knew by the spirit where he was supposed to be. His disciples said, we need food. He said, go get it. I'm going to come over here. It was the exact time. You see, when we surrender unto the spirit of God, we don't always know what's going to happen and maybe he may reveal it to us and he does at times, but oftentimes I think most times I know most times we don't know. The truth is, I believe if we knew exactly what, no, not, I believe I know if we knew exactly what God was going to do, we would be afraid. Because God will do great and mighty things through us. And how can we think we would possibly do it? God has to take us out of our own self, out of our own fears, out of our own shortcomings and things that others have reinforced within us for many, many years. Maybe you've had people telling you that you weren't smart enough or you weren't good enough or you could never amount to anything or all these terrible things that people say. Our parents have said it to us some of you never heard that from your parents some of you have some of you have heard worse some of you have heard good things but the point is the whole world is out here Uh, the whole world is telling people that we are not good enough and that's Satan that's what he wants he wants us to feel so downtrodden and not enough that we think we have to be enough for God to use us but no friends we don't we have to surrender For God to use us. That's all. That's it. It's quite simple. It may not be so easy. And it will get easier. It does get easier. And if we give it to Jesus. If we give even that to Jesus. It will become easy. Because if we say. I can't do this. I can't. I'm telling you me. I can't do it. But through the spirit of God. I can That's the only way. Jesus does it through me. He does it through me. I used to be a person who was so fast to shoot off at the mouth because if someone said something to me, I was going to tell them what I needed to tell them and they needed to know and blah, 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 blah. You've been there. Maybe you're there now. Maybe you have friends like that. But what I learned was when I would surrender to the Lord, he would fight my battles for me. And also my battles became less important to me. If you were to come to me today and say, I don't know, racism was something that used to really get me back in those days. Um, If someone was racist towards me, oh, I was so angry. And I would tell you all about it. I would tell you off. I would tell you why, blah, 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 everything. Well, the Lord really moved in my own heart. And he showed me some sin in my own life. You know how the Bible says, the Bible will tell us, tells us that when we look at the word of God, we read the word of God that it is a mirror. It's like a mirror and it will show us who we really are compared to the word, not compared to the people around us, but compared to the word. Because when we live according to the word, we realize just how much sin was in our hearts. So the Lord showed me and he changed my heart. So now when racism used to be the thing, I mean, it was the thing that would get me. It doesn't get me. Why? Because the Lord Jesus will fight my battle. How can I change you and change your heart to think I'm more than you think I am right now? How can I do that? Why do I even need to do that? I don't. I'll let Jesus show you what he needs you to see. It's not important to me anymore. If you think because I'm African-American that I'm not good enough, that's not my fault. That's something God has to change in your heart. And that's the way I see it. And quite frankly, I feel sad for you because you can't understand that you're judging a man or a woman. You don't realize it. And yes, Christians can be racist too because it's called sin, okay? When I was a Christian, in my young, young in my walk, I was racist. I can tell you from experience, I was racist, and I didn't even realize it because I had certain preconceived notions about certain groups of people and the way that they would think about me. That's called racism, and they weren't all thinking that way. <laughs> Surprise, not everybody is racist, but if we will love the way Jesus said to love, We don't have to go down that road. We don't go. That road is not from the Lord. When the Lord changed my heart, then I began to see things. And it's one of the reasons why when I see someone and they say, oh, that person's racist. How could they be that way? No, I can tell you from personal experience how they can be that way. It all comes from hurt. Number one is from hurt. It's always hurt. That's where it comes from. And then we allow it to take root and it turns into bitterness. That's what racism is bitterness, and judgment. That's what it is. It's hurt in our heart that we did not give over to Jesus and it turned into bitterness. And now we don't like everybody of that particular race, or we believe that everybody in that race is going to be doing the same thing that we saw. And maybe a few people from that race will be okay, you know, but most people from that race, that's racism, friends. That's what that is. That's judging people. The Bible says, Judge lest ye, judge not, lest ye be judged. That was a hard pill for me to swallow when the Lord showed me that. But I thank God that he did. See, when we talk about what the Lord did last week, last week I taught you about this. The Lord God will prune us, okay? He'll prune us. Don't look down on those people that are racist. Pray for them. Don't look down and say, how could they possibly be? It's called hurt. Somebody hurt them. They weren't born racist. Somebody hurt them. And so they took it and they let it stay. And it took heart. It took root and came, turned into bitterness. And then they walked around looking at everybody that looked like the people that hurt them or sounded like the people that hurt them. And they would hurt them before they could hurt them. You understand? They would hurt the the other person before the person could get a chance to hurt them. Their heart is hard and you need to pray for them because only Jesus can change your heart. He can change your heart. He can change my heart. He can change their heart. But only when we surrender. That's it. I want to pray for a moment here. And I just hear the Lord saying to pray right now about this in particular. There are some of you out there right now that have been struggling with racism in your heart, and you don't even know it's racism. Some of you know it is, and some of you don't realize it's racism. If you have an idea that every time you see an African-American man, that he might probably not have a job, or he's probably gonna try to do something bad that's called racism. If you think that every white person you see, okay, is gonna think badly of you because you're African-American or because you're Asian, That's called racism. If you think that all Asian people are, you know, you could just fill in the blank. Those are all racism. That's all racism, all of it. And you can add whatever it is that you wanna add that you've been thinking, but let's call it what it is and let's let God obliterate it out of your heart. Friends, there's freedom when you let go of that racism. There's freedom. If you go to a church and everybody looks the same, That's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible says that God loves us all. In fact, God in his word doesn't say only the African Americans will be saved. Only the Caucasians will be saved. Only the Asians will be saved. Only the Hispanics will be saved. No, that's not what he says. He talks about the heart and those that will surrender will be saved. That's what he says. So, If you want to go down the whole list, you can go down a whole list of everything you are. When I was racist, the ironic thing was in my family line, there was Caucasian in my family line, Hispanic in my family line, African American, Italian, you go down the list. It just makes no sense. It made no sense in the physical for me to be racist, but more important, it makes no sense in the spiritual because that's hate. That's judging, and that's not loving your neighbor as you would love them, as, you, as God would want you to love them, not loving them as you want, uh, as yourself. That's not what that is. So I'm going to pray right now, and we're going to watch Do God do mighty things. I'm going to watch him do it. You're going to see it. Believe it. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now. We come before you right now in the name of Jesus because you are the God of all things. Your word tells us nothing. Is nothing too hard for God? So, Lord God, I ask right now that you touch the hearts of the people, Lord, that have been dealing with racism. Open up their eyes and let them see what it is in their own hearts, Lord God, and take it out, Lord God. Remove it from their hearts. Soften their heart that they may see, oh, that this is what they've been doing, Lord God change their hearts, change their mindset, that they may open up their eyes and see every person around them and the people in this world the way you see them. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. We praise you, Lord God, for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, I know God just did something mighty in your heart. If this is what you were dealing with, God just changed you. The Bible says that when you become saved, you become a new creature in Jesus Christ. So that means you're not that same person. All you've got to do is repent. Repent now of it because it is sin and the Lord God will forget it. Literally, the Bible says, he forgets our sins when we repent of it. So you don't have to walk around and feel bad because of how you've been feeling or all of a sudden when you just realized, oh my gosh, I've been racist towards this group or that group or this group of people and now you feel bad. No, 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 The Bible says, You feel bad because of you, you feel repentance. You need to repent. That part is good. Now, repent, ask the Lord to forgive you, and now it's gone. It's been washed in the blood, my friends. Any other reminder, once you've already repented, any other reminder is from Satan himself. And he's called the accuser of the brethren. And if you let him, he will bring up every single sin you've ever done in your entire life to beat you down so that you will think you could never be anything. But God says something different. So repent and move on. God is mighty. And friends, you don't know. God can use you to minister unto others who have dealt with the same thing. He certainly has used me. He's given me a heart for those people. I know just where they're coming from. I know the hurt that that started it, and I know, I don't know when it turned to racism, but I know the hurt that started it, and I know when God showed me and revealed to me what it was. And I know when he took it out of my heart, and I thank God for that. You don't have to walk in those chains because those are what those are, they're chains. Let God change your heart today. Repent. Repent, my friends, that is surrender. You're living your life for Jesus when you surrender that you surrender that to you say, Jesus, I don't want that anymore in my life. I want to love the way you said to love, because Jesus said, if you don't surrender to him and you take up your cross, if you don't lay your life down, you're not one of his disciples. I don't care if you go to church every Sunday, doesn't matter. Going to church is just that the end of the sentence, Pew, you go to church. That does not mean you're a Christian. That does not mean you live for Jesus Christ. All it means is that you go to church. I hope you can hear the difference in what I'm saying here. I went to church my whole life, literally my whole life, but I was not a Christian until I was 20 years old because before that I did not accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I didn't know I needed to. I didn't know there was such thing as a relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here thinking that same thing. Maybe you're here and you didn't realize, well, wait a minute, I've been going to church Maybe you thought, like a lot of people think, well, I was born a Christian. No, friends, you cannot be born a Christian. Lest you surrender your heart to Jesus Christ yourself, you are not walking with the Lord. But it's easy to do. All you've got to do is surrender unto Jesus Christ. That's all you've got to do. So, friends, the Lord is mighty. And he wants you to surrender. He doesn't want you to live a life in shackles and chains where you are bound by all of these things. He doesn't want you to live that way. If you will surrender your life over to him, then you will go where the spirit will lead you. And I'm going to close. I'm going to show you right here in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 8. It says, the wind bloweth where it listeth and thou hearest the sound thereof but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth so is every one that is born of the spirit That means see that was going on when when Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and Nicodemus said you know he was trying to understand these different things and he couldn't understand because he wasn't born of Jesus Christ. He was living according to the law. And he was a Pharisee. And he was what people called a holy man. And it says in John chapter 3, verse 1, I'm going to read this. Read this with me. Turn there. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, now we're on part two here. And what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about the book of John, chapter three, we've been talking about, as we continue on in part two of this, we're going to hear more about Jesus teaching Nicodemus about surrender. Okay. Jesus teaching Nicodemus about surrender. So in John chapter three, verse one, it says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus couldn't understand. He couldn't understand this. Born again? It's, 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 it's like another language born again. How can you be born twice? Then he says, Nicodemus said unto him, saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered, And said unto him, art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? So, when we talk about surrendering, we talk about giving everything over to the Lord. Everything. Every single thing that you have over to the Lord. Your thoughts, your old ways of doing things, because if the way you did things before doesn't honor the Lord, you have to surrender that over to him and give it to him and say, okay, Lord, this doesn't honor you. Therefore, I'm going to give it to you. And now I'm going to do things the way you say. The Bible talks about surrender right here. The wind is the Holy Spirit. And wherever the Spirit moves you, that is where you are to go when you're surrendered under the Lord. So if the Holy Spirit tells you, don't say that, then you stop and you don't say that because you don't know what's happening in another person's heart. Maybe you're talking to someone. You don't know. But what you do know is that the Holy Spirit knows things. He knows everything. He knows everything. And the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the heart of the Father. That's what the Bible says. He reveals all things to us. That's the Spirit of God. So when we choose to surrender, we're surrendering to the Holy Spirit that he will lead us as we go. Now, I'm going to take you to the book of Hebrews, okay? I'm going to take you to the book of Hebrews, all right, and in the book of Hebrews, okay, we've got a couple of things that I want to share with you, all right, now, in the book of Hebrews, it says, Verse 1, chapter 1, or chapter 1, verse 1. God, who at sundry, sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. I'm going to take you to verse 11, 1, okay? All right. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, we know that faith is what we need, okay? We need faith. The Bible tells us that faith is what we need in order to live a life that's pleasing to God. Faith is what we use or what we exercise when we surrender unto the Lord. When you surrender, you're exercising your faith. How, you might ask? By doing this. You're saying, I trust God, and because I trust him, I'm going to do whatever he says. And because I trust him, I know that the outcome is going to be good. And I know even when I look with my eyes and things look crazy around me, I know that because God is faithful and God is trustworthy and God is mighty and holy and powerful and wonderful and is not a man that he should lie, that I can trust him. So I surrender to him. I surrender and I choose not to do what I want to do, but I choose to do what he wants me to do. So let's start. Verse 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Now I want to wait right there for a second. did Cain how did Abel know what sacrifice would be pleasing to God well first of all he was taught but he obeyed him he obeyed what God said which angered Abel or excuse me which angered angered Cain and we know the story Cain slay Abel because God had respect unto Abel's offering and not Cain's. Abel surrendered to God. He chose not to give God what he wanted to give him, but what God required that he gave him. And he knew that that was an act of worship under God and of faith unto God because Cain and Abel were both raised in the same home. They were brothers. They learned the same things, but Cain's offering was not respected as under God. Abel's was Cain slew Abel Abel died and Cain was then punished because of it now it says by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by which he obtained witness that he was righteous God testifying of his gifts and by it he being dead yet speaketh by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death we know Enoch was caught up. That was the first rapture. Enoch was caught up into heaven. He never died. It says he walked with God. He never died. You see it in Genesis. It says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found, because God had translated him. For because, before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. How could he have pleased God? He surrendered. He surrendered. He was taught the things of God and he surrendered unto God. He surrendered unto the spirit of God. He surrendered. Friends, we've got to learn to surrender. We've got to stop saying, well, I'm going to do what I want to do. Or we've got to stop with this thing where we think it's okay to get angry and then, you know, go on and go ahead and do that thing that we thought and then repent later. No. We need to surrender so that our lives are pleasing. Yes, we're going to make mistakes. We all do, but there's something wrong if you continue to sin and you have to constantly go back, oh, here I am again, Lord, here I am again, Lord. I used to think that that was normal or okay, I should say, but it's not okay. It may be normal in the church, but it's not okay. And in scripture, the Bible says that's not okay. So don't take my word for it. You see how my opinion was wrong? God's word says that is not okay. It is not pleasing to the Lord. When we surrender, we stop and we say, Lord God, what would you have me do? What would you want for me to do today? I know that I am not gonna make the right choice unless I come to you. Because the right choice will be the choice that the Holy Spirit wants me to make. The Holy Spirit knows everything. He knows when you walk into that room, wait, let's think about the Samaritan woman. The Holy Spirit knew that that Samaritan woman was going to be sitting, was going to be there at the well when Jesus came. And he, the Holy Spirit knew what was in her heart. The Holy Spirit knew what was in her heart. And the Holy Spirit knew what was going to need to be done. So the Lord God worked in the heart of that woman by his spirit. He had Jesus go and Jesus spoke to that woman and she was transformed and changed and went and told everybody. God is mighty, he's faithful, he's glorious. I'm going to close now. The Lord is so mighty. I want you to read these scriptures yourself. I want you to read what the Lord is saying to you because He wants a lot for your life. He wants to work through you and He wants to bless you, but He can only do it when you surrender unto Him. Obedience to Him. He blesses us through obedience. He blesses us through obedience. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. And I want you to stop and I want you to think about this in your life. Maybe you've been the kind of person who's never really thought about, should I surrender my life? Maybe you were like I was and you never even knew you needed to surrender. You never really heard about surrender. Or maybe you didn't want to surrender. I mean, let's be real and upfront here. Let's be honest. Maybe you just didn't want to surrender. Okay, Truth is the truth. Maybe you said you wanted to do whatever you wanted to do. But now you're beginning to see through scripture that a surrendered life is a life that pleases the Lord. You can't be a disciple of Jesus Christ unless you surrender. The Bible says it. Not me. The Bible says it. Unless you lay down your life, that's what he means when he says that. And pick up the cross and live the life with the cross. Carrying the cross, that's the only way you're going to be a disciple. The crossless life is a life of sin. That's in scripture. The crossless life is a life of sin. You must take up your cross daily. Daily. In order to be a blessing or let me just back up in order to be used by God. And more importantly, in order to be in the kingdom of God. Remember what Jesus said to the disciples of the 70 that he sent out. And they said, whoa, you know, demons were subject to uh, your name when we called it. When we, 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 what did they say? They, they, I couldn't get the word out for a second there. They, they said, we cast out devils in your name. And the, even the demons were, and the devils were subject to us. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven. He said it right then. I used to say, well, what does that have to do with it? He was saying, don't be prideful and don't get the wrong idea. Understand what you're out here to do and recognize what the true miracle is. And he said, I saw, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Then he talks about, he said, rejoice not in the fact that these demons and devils are subject to you but rejoice that your name is written in the book of life that your name is written in heaven see casting out demons is not what's going to tell you could tell what's going to say you're a christian your fruit is your love within you the love only comes for when you are surrendered unto the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the only way that love, that you can live a life and love your enemy as yourself. I mean, let's, let's face it, you, how can you love your enemy? Have you ever had an enemy? Yes, we all have. Somebody that we called our enemy, somebody that called us an enemy, somebody that we, you, you know, I don't have to go over and paint a whole picture for you. You've got the picture because you're alive. And you get it. But Jesus said, love your enemies as yourself. Pray for them who falsely accuse you. Pray for those people. Pray for them, the ones that hurt you and abuse you. Pray for them. Now, how can we do that? It's very hard to do that in our own flesh. And nobody can do it in their own flesh. Nobody can. I don't care how good you are. No man is good. God said it. Jesus said it in his word. No man is good. But Jesus, through the Spirit of God, when you surrender to Jesus, you can love your enemies. And you can pray for those who hate you and hurt you. And think about it. Joseph did just that, didn't he? He did well unto the people, the very people. I mean, a man bought him. Do you know how humiliating that would be? To be treated like a piece of, you know, something that somebody owns? God said for us to love those people. Joseph, when Potiphar's wife came to him, Joseph could have said, huh, nobody's gonna know but me and Potiphar's wife. No, Joseph didn't say that. Joseph said, Potiphar has given me everything and trust me, and now you want me to go against him and betray his trust? I'm paraphrasing here. See, Joseph got it. Abraham got it. Abraham left. Enoch got it. Now it's time for us to surrender to the Lord. It's time for us to surrender unto the Lord. I wanna pray with you, and I wanna pray that the Lord will touch your heart. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you We thank you for being who you are, for being who you said you are. Lord God, we ask you right now to touch our hearts. I ask you to touch the hearts of the people, Lord God, that are listening in. Touch their hearts, Lord God, that you may get the glory in their lives. Father, you're holy, you're worthy. And each one here, Lord God, has a desire in their heart and something that's been in their lives. But Lord, we just ask you right now to touch them and change them. Turn their hearts around. In Jesus' name. Friends, if you want peace and you want what Jesus has for you, I ask you right now to surrender. I want you to say this prayer with me. Maybe you've been living a life and you just knew that you haven't been living a life that would please the Lord. And the lifestyle that you've been living has been a life that just, you know, as you have even heard here today, that you've got to do better. You've got to live a different kind of life, but you never knew how to do it. Well, Jesus is going to show you. So let's just pray right now. If that's you and you want to let go of all of the things that you held on to and let Jesus Christ change your heart, pray with me right now. Let's stand. Dear Heavenly Father, and I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say it with me. Believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth. Dear Jesus, I'm so sorry that I have sinned against you and lived a life that was not holy. I'm sorry that I have lived a life that didn't please you, that hurt you. But today I choose to surrender and I'm giving you my heart right now. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross for my sins, that you shed your blood, and that your blood is the only thing that can wash away my sins. So I ask you right now to take my heart, come live inside of me, and I surrender my life to you. I give you my whole life, and I will walk after you, I will live for you from now on. Jesus, cleanse me with your blood thank you in jesus name amen friends if you prayed that prayer with me welcome to the family and the household of god i'm so glad that you joined us here today may god be with you and keep you may he bless you and your families until the next time i love you god bless you amen